Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. So I was in the Gospels and I was in um, John 8, and that's where my process was. We're going to land there. Uh, and it's talking about Abraham, and there's some discussion there, some heated discussion with Jesus and the Pharisees, which I love that. I love the parts in the Bible where Jesus is throwing down with all the pastors and telling them how fake they are. and all. It's great. It's the best. All the religious folk, he's like, you, right there, I'm coming for you. Anyway, sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but that's what he did. And He's talking to the Pharisees about Abraham and about the father. And so how many know that Abraham is called the father of what? Faith. That's right. He's the father of faith. It says that in the book of Romans. We're going to read that in a minute. But how many remember, I grew up a VBS kid. How many remember this one right here? The father Abraham had many, and many sons had, and I am, ha, so are you. So let's just. Yeah, you got it. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good VBS brainwashing right there. That's what it is. <laughs> it's in there forever. You can't get that thing out, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that just proves most of us grew up in church. That's okay. If you don't know the song, don't feel like an outsider. It's all right. But there's some truth to that song. <clears throat> and it comes from the Bible, thank God, you know. Romans 4 actually calls him that, but I want to say this statement for you really quickly, and I want you to chew on this statement all day here. Are you ready? This is what the Lord showed me, that there, this is the word for today, that there is a difference between being from a father and being of a father. There is a major difference between being from a father and of a father. Very important. Let's read Romans four thirteen through 18. This is talking about Abraham. It says, God promised Abraham and his descendants that they would have an heir who would reign over the world. Now, just some context. Abraham is a, what we call a patriarch. He's one of the first people to hear God and obey way back in the Old Testament. He's one of the first faith walkers. In fact, he is the father of faith. So just so you know, it's on the left side of your Bible if you want to find out about it. Just flip through there. You know, this royal promise God gave was not fulfilled because Abraham kept all the law, but through the righteousness that was transferred by faith. Say transferred. For if keeping the law earns the inheritance, then faith is robbed of its power and the promise becomes useless. For the law provokes punishment and where no law exists, there cannot be a violation of the law. Now the law was given after Abraham, way after the fact. And the law is basically do all these things so that God will see you as holy. That came through Moses. How many are familiar with the law? Yeah? Okay, good. So when it says that, just know the rules hadn't even been given yet. And Abraham was given righteousness. He was called holy because he had faith before the law even came into existence. It's very important. Are you tracking with me? This is very teachery. Sorry. Teacherific. Here we go. The promise, it continues, depends on faith. So that it can be experienced as a grace gift. Say grace gift. And now it extends to all the descendants of Abraham. Say all the descendants of Abraham. This promise is not only meant for those who obey the law, but to those who enter into the faith of Abraham, the father of us all. I should tell you right now that if you think you need to obey the law, 
you're actually making the promise null and void. You're removing the power from faith. If you're upset about my tattoos and say I'm a lawbreaker, I would first of all say your clothing has two types of threads in it. We're both lawbreakers. <laughs> Secondly, when you strive to obey the law, you remove the power from faith. You remove faith's power. But those who enter into the faith of Abraham, the father of us all, that's, that's our motive. That's what we're doing here. Because we know it comes by faith. So that's what the scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into beings things that are not, things that don't even exist yet. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. Now, you got to know, this is a story about Abraham and Isaac. He takes Isaac up the mountain because God says to sacrifice your son. Crazy story. I know, real weird. Why would God do that? Well, he tells him to do that, and then Abraham raises the knife, and God says, stop, don't do that. And it was a faith act because he was convinced that God was going to raise him from the dead. Now, that's a real traumatic string of events, but this is what that says. Because it says, through Isaac, you will be blessed. Through Isaac, that's the, the nation. So he had Ishmael and Isaac. Are you familiar with this story? I don't have time to walk through all of it, but Abraham too, had two sons. It was the birth of Judaism and, his, and the Islamic war. Islam came through Ishmael, and Judaism came through Isaac. And so that's why they're at odds one another. You know, brothers always fight. It's cool. I, had, I went to Top Golf with my three brothers yesterday, and we... I lost um, both games, and we were a little bit competitive, you know. So anyway, it's, it's just a thing that brothers do. They compete, they fight, right? Anyway, so that's what it's talking about when it says, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. Are you following me? Sorry, I'm going real fast. Are you okay? God, Abraham, he took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. Now, we're talking about the descendants of Abraham, the sons of Abraham, that enter in by faith. So that's why we can sing, Father Abraham had many sons, right? And then later you can sing, and I am one of them, and so are you. Because we've entered into faith. We've said yes to believing in Jesus. Amen? When you say yes to Jesus, you enter in by faith, and you become a son of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham. Are you following me? Not by doing anything right. Not by not doing bad things. You become a son of Abraham, the father of faith, by saying yes to Jesus, period. All right? I'm building precept upon precept here. And we have a core value here, and it's faith for everyone. That's our core value. That's our third core value. So I want to define, you know, faith as, as it pertains to Abraham. But we spell faith R-I-S-K. Because how many of you know Abraham risked a lot lifting that knife, that knife, right? Saying, God told me to do this. That's risky. That's a faith walk if I've ever heard of one, right? So we, we actually choose faith by risking to believe God's promises. Believing God's promises is risky. He always leads me in triumphant victory. That's a promise. It's risky to believe that. That means I'm going to succeed. That means I'm not going to fail. I love what Brian Simmons says, author of the Passion Translation. He says, there is no final failure for the believer. There's only temporary setbacks. There's only, you know, it's like that picture of taking failure and making a step, a step stool out of it and walking on each one, learning from your mistakes. He always leads me in triumph and victory. That's why we can never fail. That's a great promise, right? And it's risky. It's risky. 
But here's the deal. This is the whole thing. There is a fight in the church right now. In the Western world. For everyone to enter into the promises of God by two different means. One is by faith, saying, yes, I believe God's going to do it. And the other is by rule-keeping and sinning less and attending church often. If you think that's not happening, you're wrong. (laughs) It happens every single Sunday. People in this room probably think that they earned some points with God by coming today. That is a modern-day example of trying to obtain righteousness through the law. Are you following me? And this passage is showing us that you don't get right with God through doing anything right. You enter in like Abraham, who said, yeah, I believe. Boom, you're righteous. You're holy right there. Sounds unfair, because it is. It's called, it's called grace. Grace through faith. So, we're going to jump to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read a lot of Bible to you. A lot of Bible. It's good. The public reading of Scripture is needed. So, Paul in Galatians 3 is talking to some people that think that that second way. They think that you get right with God by doing right things. Okay? And there's people trying to convince the people at Galatians, in the Galatians church that that's the right way to go. Okay, so he's addressing that. And so, in Galatians 3, 2 through 3... It says, so answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping all the Jewish laws? No, you received him as a gift. Say a gift. Because you believed in the Messiah. Your new life in the Anointed One began with the Holy Spirit giving you a new birth. Say new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works. Now it says, why would you try to perfect in the spirit or perfect what began in the spirit by using the flesh? And people would say, see, we have a flesh. No, it's talking about your own works, your body, using your body to obey, making you right with God. That word flesh can be used multiple ways, just clearing that up. That's why this translation says, why are you trying to finish by your own works? Because they were working with their hands, trying to do right things. Are you following? Okay, I don't want to lose anybody, but I got to keep going fast here. I'm going to skip down to verse 6 out of Galatians 3. Abraham, our father of faith, led the way as our pioneering example. He believed God and the substance of his faith released God's righteousness to him. So those who are the true children of Abraham will have the same faith as their father. God's plan all along was to bring this message of salvation to the nations through the revelation of faith. Are you hearing a repetition here? Like God, Paul is trying to convince him. Long ago, God prophesied over Abraham, as the Holy Scriptures say, through your example of faith, all the nations will be blessed. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. But if you choose to live, listen to this, if you choose to live under the legalistic rule of religion, you live under the law's curse. If you choose to try and follow all the rules, you're living under a curse. It's, this is a problem. <laughs> Call that a problem. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like churches, and like church life is get better at life and then God will like you more. And am I making that up? No, I'm not. You all know. But you're staring at me a little blank, so I have to ask questions. <laughs> 
He goes on, for clearly it is written, utterly cursed is everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement that is written in this law. Meaning if you follow one part but break another, you've broken the whole law. Whoa. For the scriptures reveal, and it is obvious that no one achieves righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law. Did you hear that? No one gets right with God by doing right things. Just let that break this thing off you right there, right there. I can't get right with God by doing right things. Let's say that together. I can't get right with God by doing the right thing. I can't. It's impossible. Or this is wrong. You choose. You know. For it is written, those who have been made holy will live by faith. Hallelujah. But keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches if you practice the principle of the law, you must follow all of them. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. Jesus our Messiah was cursed in our place and in so doing dissolved the curse from our lives. So you hear the doubly cursed? Cursed in our place and dissolved the curse from our lives. Glory is right. This is good news. I mean, that's why I'm reading it. (laughs) Dissolve the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in Him. Come on, that's good news. Now, if you want to do a study, you can go look up all the promises that God gave to Abraham, that he would, everything that he would do. Those are all yours. You can do a study on that. I don't have time. Skipping down to verse 26 in the same chapter, Galatians 3.26, it says, You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus, the anointed one. Now, listen closely. It was faith that immersed you into Jesus, the anointed one. And now you are covered and clothed with his anointing. And we no longer see each other in our former state. Jew, non-Jew, rich, poor, male, female, Republican, Democrat, black, white. Because we're... I'm sorry, that's not in there. Let's skip the... That's the CTV, Caleb Translation Version. I don't know. Because we're all one through our union with Jesus Christ with no distinction between us. Say no distinction between us. That means women should absolutely be able to preach I mean I read it a few times this week I'm sure that's what it says you know that's a little nugget for your father's day I don't know no distinction between us And since you've been united to Jesus the Messiah, you are now Abraham's child and inherit all the promises of the kingdom realm. That's a good news. So why am I sharing all this? I'm sharing all this because I need to set you up for John 8. When Jesus revealed the true nature of what it means to be fathered by someone. Okay? We have a father of faith, but you have to be fathered by that father. There's a difference between being from a father and being of a father. I'm going to show it to you. Let me just say this quickly and then you're going to hear it in the, in the passage. This is the deal. You don't get to choose who you're from, but you do get to choose who you're of. You don't get to choose who you're from, but you do get to choose who you're of. Now this is... I'm. I'm, I'm coming after a little bit of a principality 
that's in Christendom right now. I'm not going to call it by name. I'm just going to talk about the idea. The idea that you don't need to do anything to be righteous. I know that sounds weird. That's what I'm, sounds like what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is all you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Boom. I, mm, I have to check with the Holy Spirit like four or five times when I'm up here. Nope, not going to let that one go yet. Okay, maybe it'll come out later. I literally wait for like a green light, red light in my mind. Yeah, anyway. You get to choose who you're of. You don't get to choose who you're from. This is important because there are people teaching that it doesn't matter if you say yes to Jesus or not. It doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or not. He believes enough for the both of you. That is out there, and they sound a lot like me <laughs> with the other things I say. So I really felt it was urgent to just throw a line in the sand. There's one requirement. Ah, I'm going to say it. The words unconditional love are not actually in your Bible. I get it. I get the concept. The concept is in your Bible. God loves you no matter what. Okay? God loves you no matter what you do. So with that, in that way, it's unconditional. But there is a condition to receive the love of God. It's to honor the Son. There's a condition. <laughs> Good news. Good news. There's something for you to do. <laughs> I know you all want to do something. God's like, they need something to do. I'm going to give them one job. Just say yes to Jesus. Honor the Son. Boom. It's real easy, but there are people tearing away at that, saying it's not important you don't need to say yes to Jesus. Jesus said yes to you. And his yes is enough. Well, love requires a choice. And we have a word for love that is forced. And God is not that. We have a dirty word for when love is forced and God is not doing that. God planted two trees in the garden. And you get to choose who you're of. You don't choose who you're from. You're from your daddy. He's from his dad. All that stuff. Right? But you do get to choose who you're of, and that's actually more important. That's the realm of faith. That's, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Uh-huh. So Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he's laying it out. Oh, my Lord. I do not have time to read this whole thing. I'm going to read it fast. Here we go. John 8, and hopefully you'll just get it by the reading of the word. Here we go. John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, because he had been doing a bunch of miracles, people are following him. It says, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham. And we're already free. Did you hear that? We're from Abraham. We're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we'll be released into more freedom? Religion never wants more. Never, ever. They're like, we're good with what we got. I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you are not free. <laughs> got quiet. You become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family, like a son does. For a son is a part of the family forever. So if the Son sets you free from sin, then become a true Son and be unquestionably free. How, mm, slow down. You have no idea 
how many thoughts are running through my head. Okay. No, I'm going to say it. If the sun sets you free from sin, then become a true son and be unquestionably free. You hear all the if and then language? If then? Stick that in your universal pipe and smoke it. God's love is universal, but you have a choice to participate or not. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Even though, here he goes, this is, this is Jesus proving that, all right? He continues, Even though you are descendants of Abraham, you desire to kill me because of the message I bring has not found a home in your hearts. That means that God can bring a message and it doesn't have to find a home in some people's hearts and it won't. I just think people don't read their Bibles enough. Then we get all these doctrines and ideas. Anyway, getting a little heated. <laughs> Woo, it says, yet the truths I speak, I've received from my, in my Father's presence. But you are doing what you learned from your Father. What do you mean, they replied, Abraham is our Father. They don't get it. It's going to get real juicy in a minute. <laughs> Jesus said, if you are really Abraham's sons, then you would follow in the steps of Abraham. What is that? Faith, right? Not works, but faith, right? Works because of your faith, not works in order to obtain faith. Yeah, okay. Then you would follow in the steps of Abraham. I've only told you the truth that you've heard. In, I've heard in my father's presence, but now you're wanting me dead. Is that how Abraham acted? No, you people are doing what your father has taught you. Indignant, they responded, what are you talking about? We only have one father, God himself. We are not illegitimate. Jesus said, then if God really were your father, were really your father, you would love me. For I've come from his presence. I did not come here on my own, but God sent me to you. Why don't you understand what I say? You don't understand because your hearts are closed to my message. You are offspring of your father, the devil. And you serve your father very well, passionately carrying out his desires. He's been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the truth. He's full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. He's a master of deception and the father of lies. But I am the true prince who speaks nothing but the truth. Yet you refuse to believe and you want nothing to do with me. Can you name one sin that I've committed? He's like, come at me, bro. Bring it. I love this. I love Jesus is not a pansy pacifist. No, sir. He's like, come on, bro. Let's throw down. Can you name one sin that I've committed? Then if I'm telling you only the truth, why don't you believe me? If you really knew God, you would listen, receive, and respond with faith to his words. But since you don't listen and respond to what he says, it's possible. Did you hear that? It proves you don't belong to him. And you have no room for him in your hearts. See, we're, we were right all along. Some of the Jewish leaders shouted, you're nothing but a demon-possessed Samaritan. Whenever someone's preaching truth and they don't like it, it always goes there. You're demon-possessed. You're a cult leader. You're Beelzebub. I've had it all. It's good. Jesus replied, it's not a demon that would cause me to honor my father. I live my life for his honor, even though you insult me for it. I never need to, to seek my own glory, for the father will do that for me. But he will judge those who do not. I speak to you this eternal truth. Whoever cherishes my words and keeps them will never experience death. This prompted the Jewish leaders to say, Now we know for sure that you're demon-possessed. You just said that those who keep watch over your words will never experience death. But Abraham and all the prophets have died. 
Do you think you're greater than our father Abraham and all the prophets? You are so delusional about yourself and you make yourself greater than you are. Jesus, you are so arrogant. That's what they just said. Jesus answered them, if I were to tell you how great I am, it would mean nothing. But my father is the one who will prove it and will glorify me. Isn't he the one you claim is your God? But in reality, you've never embraced him as your own. I know him and I would be a liar like yourselves if I told you anything less than that. Has anyone ever told you Jesus talks like this? This is, this is the person of love speaking. I'd be a liar like you if I told you anything less than that. I have fully embraced him and I treasure his every word. And not only that, Abraham, your ancestor, was overjoyed when he received the revelation of my coming to earth. He foresaw me coming and was filled with delight. But many of the Jewish leaders doubted him and said, what are you talking about? You're not even 50 years old. You talk like you've seen Abraham. We're talking to the guy who created Abraham, you know. Jesus said to them, I give you this eternal truth. I have existed long before Abraham was born, for I am. When they heard this, they picked up rocks to stone him, but Jesus concealed himself as he passed through the crowd and went away from there. You get in this picture, they pick up rocks and they're like, where did he go? There's a difference between being from a father and of a father. They're saying, we're from Abraham, we're good. We don't choose who we're from, we choose who we're of by faith. Listen, you are of the Father when you honor the Son. You are of the Father when you honor the Son. And here's just a righteously wild reality of the Bible that I don't have time for, but I really wanted to. God chose when He came to be called the Son of David. Jesus, when He came, He said, I'm going to be called the Son of David. God chose to be the son of someone because he's over and over again. It's proving you don't choose who you're from, but you do choose who you are of. God chose to be of a man after God's own heart. Think about that. Even God chose to be of someone. God wants us to know our full acceptance as sons and daughters But you have to understand, when God releases the spirit of adoption, it actually is up to us whether we want to choose him or not. You understand? It's like adopting a teenager. They get to choose to actually stay in the house or not. You get to choose to be of the Father or not. Are you following me? That's a picture of being born again. Now, being in Christ means we are of the Father. So in case anyone's nervous... about everything I just read. If you say yes to Jesus, you are of the Father, you are one with the Son, it's over, done deal, awesome, right? That's all you have to do. But here's the deal. This is what we, this is the deal. (laughs) Everyone started in God. God is the Father of all. Jesus says that multiple times. That means everyone is from God, but not everyone is of God. Because love requires a choice. You're of the Father when you love the Father. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Obedience will be a result of love, not a work up to love. It's not obey me and eventually you'll fall in love with me. That's an arranged marriage, all right? It's, it's, if you love me, obedience will be easy. Start with love. Fall in love with the Son, period. I don't know if this helps, and I don't know how important it was, but I feel like God really wants to reveal today. You get to choose to be of Father Abraham. You get to be choose, you get to choose to be of the Father, your Heavenly Father. And it, it's required. A choice is required. I'm actually speaking against, uh, 
an idea called, oh man, that's going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care. Universalism and all that. There's a lot of good things in here. I'm not dogging the whole thing. Yes, there's a universal impact of Christ's resurrection. It outdoes everything Adam did. I promise you. It outdid, undid, redid, overdid everything Adam did. Jesus raising from the dead. I refuse to elevate the fall of man above the risen Christ. I refuse it. But that doesn't mean you don't have a choice. That doesn't mean your choices are stripped from you. That's an R word. <laughs> this feel really important. I feel this really important. Everyone's from God. Everyone's made in the image of God. We honor everyone. We empower everyone. We have faith for everyone. But it's our choice to be of God. And this is good news for some of you that have really bad history with your parents, with your dad. You're from that guy, but you don't have to be of that guy. If this is what can happen in the spirit realm and for you to be a child of God, and if this is what unhooks the wagon of your past when it comes to God, it can also unhook the wagon of your past when it comes to your earthly father. My father chose to be of the father, not of his father. He's from his dad. My dad, I'm just, man, it's getting real personal out here. We're live streaming, whatever. My dad's dad did bad things to little girls. Okay? One of them was my cousin. My father is the most peaceful, loving, white suit guy you'll ever find. Straight-laced, like, I mean... The most Christ-like dude I've ever met. How did that happen? He chose who he was of. Because Jesus absolved the curse for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. And you have the same opportunity. So here's the deal. I'm removing all your excuses for saying, well, that's just like father, like son. Which father are you talking about? Like father, like son. Oh, it's just the way I was raised. Nope. You've been born again. That means you've got to get re-raised. We don't choose who we're from. We choose who we're of. And when you're born again, you're raised in a new household, the household of faith. That's why community is important. That's why these all coming together is important. Amen? I have to finish, but I need you just to, just to let... Let the word of God become our metric. Let it become our, our guiding rudder. Let it be the one. You know, like Jesus said, yeah, you're a descendant of Abraham, but you're not of Abraham. And so that's possible. Everyone started in God. He's the father of all. But that doesn't mean everyone is of God. And it's because love requires a choice. Are you okay? So today I felt like we needed to honor Father Abraham, our father of faith. And also just lay that out there. That the choice is ours to be of the father. How do we unhook our, our past when Jesus did deal with our past? We're a new creation in Christ. How do we deal with that? It's revelations like this, I promise you. This might sound simple, but it's language. You need to take this home and say, I'm from that guy, but I'm not of that guy. Right? I'm from that family line, but I'm not of that family line. I'm of a new family line, the line of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.